Well, the funny thing is, like, technology as a whole, the strength of technology, at least this new technology that we're using today, is not broadcasting out to a, a, a billion people. Billy Graham, way back in, like, 1995, was preaching a single sermon to a billion people. So, yeah, you can do it out of your pocket, but it's not a new idea. We've been doing it for 25 years. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm so glad you found us and that you're listening. We have conversations like the one we're about to have all the time with church leaders in the digital space all the way back to when this podcast was founded with DJ Chuang, having conversations with digital church leaders, which is was relevant in 2013 and somehow is even more relevant uh, today in 2021 when we're having this conversation. So I'm glad that you're here. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You know the drill. We have a great guest on today. I'm so excited. This is my first conversation being recorded at least. Uh, and somebody I have not met in person, but somebody you are probably familiar with. And for the two people that aren't, you're in for a treat. We have Jeff Reed with us. Jeff, I feel like you are everywhere. And Jeff is uh, works with Stadia and he is the digital church planting person uh, Jeff, do you, do you just want to introduce yourself? Uh, I feel awesome. like, I feel like our titles get longer and longer the more we're in this business. Uh, and the more we're in this space, there's, uh, can you also do this? And can we make this title a little bit more generic because you're also going to oversee this, uh, in so many new roles, but Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being here. I didn't realize this was being recorded. Like, this is all awkward. Are you like being all stalker on me right <laughs> it now? It didn't. It didn't notify you. You didn't notice the the <laughs> countdown clock that happened. Oh, is that uh, what that was? Yeah, yeah, to yeah, let yeah. me know. Okay, that That's makes right. more sense. That's now. Right. very cool. Well, Jeff, I'm glad you're here. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. So I'm director of digital church planting for Stadia. I help. We help. There you go. Uh, plant churches like in virtual reality and social media in Twitch. Um, I, interesting. The other day, I heard a proposal for a TikTok church. Uh, like a, like a like a rather full uh, ecclesiology happening in TikTok, and those are crazy conversations. Well, maybe not crazy anymore in twenty twenty one. Totally. But- Definitely looking forward to some of those conversations down the road. Absolutely. And we might touch on that a little bit uh, today at at TikTok Church. That doesn't surprise me. There are some people doing great ministry. I know as individuals on TikTok, uh, a TikTok church would be new and we might need to have you back on uh, to have fully flesh that one out when you Mm -hmm. go down that road. But yeah, virtual reality, Twitch, uh, even virtual reality. It's crazy that uh, we live in a world where that isn't even as crazy uh, as maybe it would have sounded a couple of years ago. And for our mutual friend, DJ Soto, it has never been uh, a crazy concept. He's been having this conversation for a long, long, long time. But uh, yeah, I wanted to have you on, Jeff. Uh, you spoke at our conference, our very first ever conference this year and got such a great response. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, you're very active in multiple Facebook groups, just really uh, as an ambassador for Stadia, really representing the space so well. Uh, and and really what you've been talking about pre-COVID, and then it just got amplified during COVID, is this idea of fidgetal church. So both physical and digital. Uh, there's a lot of roads that we can go today uh, and that all of which are going to be edifying and beneficial to our listeners. Um, but just the state, as we record here in the back half of August, 2021, uh, just kind of the state of fidgetal church, and then let's go into it. What are some of the conversations you've been having, uh, different um, 
ideas you've been fleshing out, all of those sorts of things. That's that's awesome. So Fidgetal, P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L. Yes. Um, I will not put on spandex, dance around like Olivia no. Newton-John saying, singing, let's get fidgetal. Uh, you might that get has more been video re- views that way, though. Uh, to be honest, like that's a mistake that you only make once in your life. And, well, no more. You I'm haven't done. made it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe. Another <laughs> not recorded. That count not recorded. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> not recorded. Hey, yeah. So the, the goal with digital is to help churches understand how physical and digital can work together. It's it's helping an established church understand digital ministry and how digital ministry, you know, in the in the COVID season, you know, a lot of people use the term hybrid and they're trying to do everything. Early on in COVID, a whole bunch of churches got a whole bunch of pastors got burned, got burned yeah. out because they were trying to do everything physical in the digital space. And the reality is that's not how it works. And, and so what, what we've done with Stadia is to really try to come along churches and help them understand, hey, you've got this physical strategy, you got this physical mission and vision thing. How can digital unify it? How can digital solidify it? How can digital fill in some of these holes to, to make it happen? You know, the average church in America um, in, in the COVID season was stressing out how to stream their services online, how to create content, how to engage with more consumers. And that's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, that that's the right answer. I don't know that that's the right yeah. question. I don't even think we're really wrestling with some of the right things. And so, I mean, honestly, there, there have been churches that I've looked at and told them, hey, just stop broadcasting. Like, yeah. if, if, you're, if your pain point is that you don't want to take people away from the physical building, then don't. But that doesn't mean you give up on digital because there's so much more digital can do for you than just be your digital version of your physical Sunday morning service. Yeah. Jeff, let's go, let's go there for a second Uh, that you've sparked so many things already in, in my head of where I want to take this. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear somebody. Let's talk to that church. Hey, you've tried digital because you had to. Uh, now you might live in a part of the world or a part of the United States where you do feel on the other side of the pandemic, uh, you're able to host physical services again. Um, th- this idea of you don't punt on digital because we're all digital beings to a certain extent in our day-to-day lives. That's just the world we live in. You can't get away from that. Um, what what are some of those conversations or some of those ideas that you could pass off to a leader who isn't who is ready to pull the plug on the live broadcast, but shouldn't be ready to pull the plug on digital church. Well, the funny thing is like technology as a whole, the strength of technology, at least this new technology that we're using today is not broadcasting out to a a, a billion people. Billy Graham way back in like 1995 was preaching a single sermon to a billion people. So yeah, you can do it out of your pocket, but it's not a new idea. We've been doing it. For 25 years. Thank you, Billy Graham, for that, by the way. Yeah. But Billy what Graham, we even looking into the camera. Wait, there's people on the other side of that camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I get fired up. Go ahead, Jeff. No, totally. I mean, people don't give Billy Graham enough credit for being uh, a church innovator. R- ridiculous. Yeah. Do some research on, on what that man pioneered and shepherded for the cause of Christ back in the 70s and 80s, man, when, when, there, was, when there was no church innovation, when it was the right. pipe organ. Uh, phenomenal stuff. But 25 years later, 2020, wherever, 2021, 2022, wherever we are in the, the grand yeah. equation of, of things, 
man, the strength is, is engaging. It's dialoguing. It's having a two-way conversation with someone. You and I are talking right now. I'm in Miami, Florida. I, I know you're Pacific. You're, LA. you're California, yeah. right? LA. We got coast so, to coast here. We are literally opposite sides of the yeah. country right now. Totally. Um, you know, it's it's a, a what, 10, 12 hour flight to totally. get from eight something ridiculous from, from you to me, but we're able to have a two way conversation right. very easily and record that and distribute it to hundreds or thousands of people right. available uh, on demand. And so, like, this is the heart of technology it's this engaging, it's this relational piece. And as much as we, the church, want to continue maybe some of our physical ideas of church yeah. where we're creating an event where we're creating content. The reality is, is that if the church really wants to connect with people, it's not that content. It's not that digital event. Yeah. Stats tell us people cold to Christ don't care about that event. Yes. Stats tell us that people cold to Christ are looking for relationships. If they have spiritual questions, they're going to go to their friends and have conversations about those spiritual questions. And okay. so really, I mean, when we talk digital or fidgetal, and this is really what's even different from like hybrid. So yeah. church that's going hybrid is trying to figure out how to do everything digital in, in the same way that's done physical. Yes. Uh, let's just carbon copy, mirror image of it. You know, we're very strategic with it. And, and oftentimes a lot of it comes down towards this relational discipleship, disciple making, um, helping people uh, get comfortable in their faith so that they can have conversations with others, even getting back towards multiplication uh, uh, approach here, evangelism training. Evangelism may be a bad word, but my gosh, if we yeah. could get our people comfortable with having conversations, uh, pastor, you know, and I say this all the time, pastor, don't be upset. People are not in your building. Yeah. Be upset that people have no spiritual purpose yes. when they're not in your building. And so it's more of, how can we utilize digital to reinforce that within an existing church? Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's a great way to think about it, especially if you're just not ready or you're done with broadcasting your live weekend services. That's just one. And yes, it's big, but that's just one piece of content that you could be doing. And I, I, you're probably seeing this as well, Jeff, where the conversation even seems to be changing from content is king to community is king. In uh, the best engagement, yeah, there's a lot of engagement that happens on great content, but really great engagement happens when you've established community. And I think when the pandemic hit, one of those, I mean, countless conversations as you probably had with churches, hey, Aaron, we're trying to figure this out. Hey, Jeff, we're trying to figure this out. What are some of those things we should do right away? The first point is like, hey, yeah, you're live streaming or hey, you have it up, but you got to be having a place where those people who are engaging can come and engage all throughout the week, AKA community. Uh, and here we are in a season where digital community is still so important. And that's true of someone attending physically as well as someone attending exclusively online. Maybe they're in a different state, different country, but having digital communities. And so I'm curious, Jeff, maybe do you wanna speak to in, in even a, a distinction between hybrid and digital? And then I'd love to hear you talk about uh, maybe this transition from content is king to community is king and you need content to build community, but, yeah. uh, that community being ultimately that most important piece. And you're right. Community is that most important piece. And it's, it's ironic. We're, we're here with social media church on, yes. on that podcast. And, and, and if, and if all we're doing is creating content, that's getting, yes. you know, the thumbs up emojis, getting some of the heart emojis, I call it the care bear, you know, the hug in the yeah. heart thing, you know, if, if all we're getting is that, 
um, and, and we're not building relationships, um, is, is that really a, is that really a church? Like totally. if you actually look at what we're called to be within within the church, there's a lot more in Acts 2 or even the church of Antioch, which is somewhere around Acts 13, I believe. There's a lot more into that ecclesiology, into the biblical functions of what a church is than just creating that content. Jesus right. himself, as a matter of fact, I tell the story in John 6 a lot. Jesus was one of the best at this. John 6 is one of the feeding of the thousands. You can the church.digital slash John 6. You can find a, a blog written there. But at the heart of this, Jesus had a ridiculous amount of, well, let's just go ahead and call them followers. He had followers following him, the consumers, hanger-ons, because Jesus was doing miracles. He was meeting people's physical needs. And as a result, people were following him, even to the point of, hey, Jesus, what's for dinner? I'm hungry. And so yeah. Jesus fed them. Every, that night, everybody went to bed. Jesus and the disciples wake up early, go somewhere else. The crowd wakes up, realizes, hey, I want brunch. Where's my omelet? Go find Jesus. Jesus is done this next day meeting physical needs. He's, he's wanting to do something different. He actually engages with people. He dialogues with them. He starts saying some crazy stuff like, eat my flesh, drink my blood, check it out in John 6. And as a result, the people were offended, even to the point that some of the disciples walked away from Jesus as a result of this event. Now, that engagement, that filtering of the of the hanger-ons, of the consumers, of the followers, it left Jesus with the core group upon which the church of today was built. Yes. That foundational group was the beginning of a massive movement of Christ, of Christians across that region that is the foundation upon which our church is built today. And, and so if all we want are the thumbs up, hey— Jesus was great at that, man. He made a great dinner, whatever that was at the time. However, it's important to notice Jesus didn't stop there. And, right. and for us as a church, that engagement, that filtering, that dialoguing, that community is so important, even within our social media. It's, it's not making statements. I don't know if you realize this, but in today's culture, like people that make hard statements, um, they're not often listened to. You, you right. bear, hard statements on Twitter are not going to change people's minds. I, I, it's twenty twenty one. We're we're That's way right. way past that at this point. Newsflash: but, In case yeah, you missed it, exactly. Uh, that get, get the work. tattoo. <laughs> now a, a a dialogue. It's better to ask questions than make statements. It's better to use yeah. question marks than periods. Let me listen to you first, and by me showing you respect, you will show me respect, and with that mutual respect, we can dialogue. It's a much more boil the frog slowly approach, but the heart of this is we're now engaging in a two-way conversation that is going to hopefully allow you to see my point and for me to better understand yours. This is how the church moves today. It's through dialoguing. It's through asking questions. It's from learning people's perspectives and growing through that. That's right. This is the community uh, of the church for tomorrow. Now, I'm I'm not displacing the place of Christ and or or disciple making like that's crucial, but we're not going to get people to buy in to this idea of Christ or the idea of disciple making or multiplication just because we say so. Right. We need to be dialoguing with them, and we need to even be getting others to have this conversation. I tell this all the time, and and there's, you know, there may be some pastors listening to this. And and if not social media directors, uh, yep. write down this time code because you want to tell your pastor, hey, some crazy guy in the podcast said this right now. Write it down. Yes. 
That's right. The the how power the voice of your pastor has never been as little as it means today. The mm-hmm. influence that your pastor's lead pastor's voice has mm-hmm. has never meant as little as it does today, and it's going to decrease more and more. Even and I hate to even say this on a social media podcast, our institutional voices yeah. are going to decrease as well. The influence of our future, what the future of our church look like. Well, Francis Chan said it evangelism of the future is going to happen in our living rooms, in our houses, not in our cathedrals, in our temples. And so the more that we can get people to understand the power that they have to reach their friends, their circle of influence, what some the Bible would call their oikos, it's an immensely powerful opportunity that we have. And it's what the church is going to look like in the future. That's right. Yeah. And uh, that that's really uh, harsh, uh, sobering, rather sobering words uh, that is timely uh, and necessary. So and I think that this is kind of leading to that distinction between a hybrid model and a fidgetal model. Do you want to just kind of draw what is that hairline distinction between those two things? So uh, uh, fidgetal, we are distinctly focusing on disciple making, on multiplication, on evangelism training through digital methods. One of the strengths of digital, like I said, is engagement. It's that relationship, but it's also equipping. And Mm -hmm. if if you look at like, do this, Google uh, flip the classroom. It's an educational process. And it basically talks about how students who watch a video on demand then come to the classroom, not to listen to the lecture, but instead dialogue with it. Mm -hmm. Strangely, they have a better learning experience and the teacher is better able to meet the needs, not by lecturing to a class, but instead by answering and assisting on a more individualized scope. And so Fidgetal is addressing this and saying, hey, you know what? February 2020, well, let's just say this. There was a 25% decline over the past 20 years in uh, organized religion in uh, the modern uh, church here in America. We were declining 25% over 20 years. So February 2020, as much as we want to say it's the golden age, it really wasn't. And, and, and rather than, hey, let's just continue those same things that, that were allegedly supposedly working for the 20 plus years heading into February 2020, maybe we really do need to stop and say, we need to change. And, yeah. and as a result of that, you know, were, were any of us really making disciple makers well? Were we seeing multiplication movements come out of our churches? Or were we seeing a bunch of consumers decline? Um, yeah. and, and so that's really the, the challenge of being fidgetal is how can we address digital, use the strengths of it, not to create consumers, not to put more butts in a physical seat or a virtual seat, yeah. but instead to this place of like the Great Commission says, go and make disciples. So how can our church make a disciple fidgetally that's capable of making another disciple that's capable of making another one? And so it really gets down to this heart of uh of evangelism and multiplication not within our buildings our buildings are in fact the lid but if we can create a digital movement which is much more likely for multiplication and couple that with what's happening in a building that ecclesia that community aspect of what's there man that's a beautiful thing because you've got the ecclesia in the community but you've got in biblical terms it's called the diaspora the sending the Mm -hmm. spreading through the digital methods, maybe out into some other areas to even create new ecclesias. It's it's kind of crazy, but if you actually look at Acts 
and look at how the church was built in that season through persecution or through like the Antioch church that's sending out, you actually could really see a disciple making movement done digitally in the same context. Yeah. It's not that far away. In fact, in many ways, a digital approach to church, I actually think is more close to a biblical standard than one that's not utilizing digital at all. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hitting on a multi-pronged approach. Uh, and then, so you didn't necessarily define it, but you kind of define it earlier versus a hybrid model is just replicating everything we do physically online and letting people choose how they want to engage, um, which yeah, is a subtle distinction uh, from digital. But I think um, you let the physical parts be physical in the digital model. You let the physical parts be physical and the digital parts that amplify that uh, be digital. And I really like that. And I, I think that's what I'm seeing a lot um, in the conversations that I'm having. And even here locally uh, at my church, one and all here in Los Angeles, is there's this idea of um, our digital ministry really needs to be coming out of where our vision is physically. It's not this, uh, yeah, not this hybrid model, but like the best parts of what's happening physically allow that to bubble over and guide and lead and double down on uh, what we are doing uh, digitally, um, to disciple and to build those communities and how has God charged this local church. And then digital does provide the opportunity for lots of people all around and maybe in an area where there isn't church for them to hop on board with that mission, uh, to be discipled, to grow and to lead and to, to be in community. Um, that's, that's really exciting. And, and I love it how often uh, we had a, uh, I'll finish that thought. I love it how often you are engaging, uh, drawing this back to the Bible. I think that's really important and also really difficult for us to do um, in this digital age. Cause I think for so long, we've just thought, ah, oh, yeah, the Bible doesn't really talk about digital. Um, and that might be true uh, to a specific point, but the idea of scalability in ministry and this idea of uh, how did things happen that weren't physical in the Bible is so important. We had a, a guy named Matt Curtis on, uh, this was months ago, but he talked about kind of the theology of online church and why is it okay and, and how does your theology uh, physically then replicate itself digitally and is that okay? Uh, and I think we're discovering, and Jay Cran has been talking about this for a long time uh, sure. as well, how kind of the theology and, and how does this tie back to the Bible? And there are great examples in the Bible, as you're pointing out, Jeff, uh, of how online church is actually a great biblical strategy in conjunction with relationship and what's happening physically, uh, kind of shifting a little bit uh, to, to, to continue to be really practical here for our listening audience. Um, I'm curious, Jeff. What is what are you seeing in terms of discipleship? And there's just so much stuff that I'm focused on right now because of all the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan, uh, things with um, Pastor X and the underground movement that's currently happening that a lot of light has been shed on right now for at least us uh, here in the West, understanding how really discipleship looks a lot different when you can't attend physically and when there can't be a mega church and the church is absolutely exploding talking through the vein of discipleship uh, and understanding kind of this first part of the conversation we've really laid out, hey, online strategy should be an amplifier for discipleship. Uh, it shouldn't be about getting more followers. You've said that loud and clear. Now, as we think about this through the lens and utilizing social media through the context of discipleship, what are some of those things that you're seeing, some of those tactics, some of those um, 
methods that churches are utilizing that they're really successful in that you can encourage pastors with right now to kind of start thinking about the discipleship part of this yeah. whole process? You know, I was, you mentioned global. I was, I was really intrigued. Uh, I was talking with um, a pastor, actually not that far away from where you are out, out in yeah. LA, a friend of mine, and uh, was kind of catching up on, on digital church, digital discipleship. You know, I'm really excited. Uh, about this and it, i'm passionate about it and kind of mm -hmm. just you know get got real hyped up and, and my my pastor friend who was is is um iranian actually okay he says hey jeff you know who's who's really good at uh at all this digital church stuff you're talking about and i was like who tell me i want to meet him can you introduce me i would love to have a conversation with him kind of learn from it he yeah. says every pastor in in iran yeah literally because that, that's all they have. You know, while we, the U.S. church, are questioning whether or not digital church, digital discipleship is effective. He says the Iranian church utilizes satellite broadcasts to connect with people that drives to a WhatsApp channel or a website to a WhatsApp yep. channel. And through that WhatsApp channel, the church is actually discipling people in homes uh, in Iran, even to the point that an Iranian accepts Christ and is then discipled to the point of leading everyone right. else in that house to Christ. So the new Christian in the house is tasked with bringing the family yes. to Christ and getting baptized. Now, the reason I said baptized is the baptism act in Iran is the point that you can be killed, that you can be martyred wow. for your faith. And so a digital church utilizing tools like WhatsApp yes. are literally discipling people to the point that their government can kill them. Yes. And that's actually effective within that, within that country. Yes. And now you're starting to understand what disciple making really could look like in a church that maybe doesn't have the perceived freedoms that we have here in America. And you're starting to feel what that toll is, and maybe you're recognizing how lax our, uh, our disciple-making approaches are within our church. Totally. So the, the real question that, that I would ask, and, and yeah. it's not, you know, I don't think you can look at, at our churches and say, we have, we have disciple-makers in our church like Iran. You know, I, I just, I think that's an example of, hey, we are, we're, we're not up to par that's With right. that, we've got to raise our standards, Agreed. pastor, church, so that we can be ready for what's coming. I, I read the end of the book. We're not in it. I, just, I don't want to give too much away, but maybe you yeah. should check it out. Um, yeah. But the, the question is, is do you want to disciple people? This is crazy because we have to disciple people, church. It's do you want to disciple people outside of the 30 mile radius of your church? Or yes. do you just want to stay within the inside? Because whether you want to hyper-focus inside that 30-mile radius, or if you want to be a, a national church that's discipling people outside, either way, digital discipleship can be utilized. It just depends upon that focus. And, yep. and so you getting an understanding of what type of church you're going to be within the physical radius or outside of the physical radius, but then utilize these tools and disciple people to the point where they're discipling their circle of influence yes. that's now discipling their circle of influence and by the way none of this has to do with your sermon yeah that's right oh that just maybe got weird for somebody sorry <laughs> important important yeah, for note. them to hear that yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah, if you're listening to this, I, I know that there's somebody you know that needs to be hearing this. Uh, so share this link with them. Jeff, you already gave them uh, earlier in this episode uh, an earmark to send to their lead pastor. Maybe you are the lead pastor or you know somebody, uh, you have a friend uh, that needs to hear this. this is a great opportunity to share this with them. But Jeff, that we had a Nachi Lazarus hop on and talk about, uh, and actually at the whole uh, social media church conference, he gave his uh, whole talk on utilizing WhatsApp and those um, instant messengers uh, like it, Telegram, Signal, uh, even Facebook Messenger, um, and how we are underutilizing that as the church. But uh, Iranian churches and churches in the Middle East uh, where Christianity is illegal are absolutely not underutilizing those. That's their kind of only option. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if there's real, maybe if there is something practical out of that conversation uh, that you had with your pastor friend out here in LA um, that somebody could take action on right now. Maybe they're intrigued by this new concept. Uh, how does that get started? How do you start implementing that? What What do some of these discipleship processes look like that you've seen be effective? So, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this, and this may be super basic, super simple. We got we got some smart social media people yes. here uh, on, on this crowd, and so I don't want to be. Con- I tell this to people; they're like, "You can do that." It's like, "Yeah, you you can," um, and it's and it's going to build right off those IM tools. Yes. Any anytime someone likes, thumbs up, emojis, comments, shares, whatever, care bears your uh, church's post, and you don't know who they are, instant message them. Hey, yeah. tell me about yourself. How can I how can I pray for you? What's what's life look like? How can I how can we as a church, how can we minister to you? Start to build that relationship. Um and, and, and honestly, there there are times where I would almost say do it off brand, not necessarily on the church brand, but out, out of your own accounts yeah. and start to build relationships with the people. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I've had churches tell me that they will have 80% response rate on cold calls cold messages done via Facebook Messenger. So if I don't know someone and I reach out to someone on Facebook Messenger, I don't know, there's 80% chance I get a response. Now, a couple times that response may be F you or, or something yeah. else that you as a, as a church doesn't want to hear, but at least you're getting that response. Yes. And, and so take advantage of those one-way conversations. Jump into Facebook groups, maybe that that are within your physical location. Uh, so, you know, where, where you are in Los Angeles, or I was yeah. just on with a, a digital pastor in Reno and was sharing a lot of those same experiences of, hey, do a Facebook search for groups in Reno and not yeah. not touting some event, not touting church service on Sunday, physical or, or digital, to right. build relationships. Yes. And through those relationships, eventually point to Christ, but you've got to have the relationship for it to stick. Otherwise, you get people to drop into a stream for maybe 15 seconds, not leave a connection card, disappear, and they're gone again. You want to actually work the soil a little bit to cast that seed on viable soil. It's turning that rock into something that'll plant. And and so the challenge is for us as out there, social media directors, utilize these tools to build relationships not to communicate events, not to communicate um, next steps, or I mean, even discipleship pathways and processes. Yes, your church needs to have those things. But if all you are is pushing that you want them to do something without actually taking the time to learn who they are, 
then your organization, your institution has no value to them because you've yet to listen to them. Absolutely. Which you pointed out earlier, Jesus was phenomenal at the, the, the best example at, which is why we, uh, one of the many reasons we follow Jesus and his example of how he lived here on earth, uh, as we disciple invest in relationships, starting with that relationship, Chris Abbott was on recently as well, talking about, uh, digital advertising specifically on Facebook, having that drive directly to messenger and how can we pray for you really practical ministry things before they're ever quote unquote, a part of our church. Um, Jeff, multiple times this podcast, you've made mention and, and kind of said some harsh truths to lead pastors, or at least teaching pastors, um, really, um, that their voice isn't as prominent as it used to be. Their messages aren't the main thing anymore. Uh, what place does weekend teaching have? And kind of maybe this as an opportunity for those pastors who are ready to rethink about what that, uh, pulpit i'm doing air quotes if you're watching on youtube you saw that uh what what that pulpit space can actually be used for to help drive things digitally um that maybe we've not thought about before in the fidgetal space let me simplify it to this question in the fidgetal church the role of the sermon is what yeah um the role of the sermon is not evangelism uh 80 okay. of people called to christ um, and this, I'm, I'm pulling this stat off of uh, Barna, December 2020, yeah. uh, Digital Evangelism Report. 80% of people called to Christ don't care about a physical worship service or a digital worship service. And that's really 80. the challenge. 80%. Eight, eight, zero. zero. Everybody yeah. listening. Eight, so, zero percent don't care about a yeah. physical worship experience. If someone wants to have spiritual questions, if someone has spiritual questions, they need yes. answered. They're either going to go to their friend and ask the friend who they think will have the answers to the spiritual questions, or they're going to go to Google. As a matter of fact, YouTube is now your pastor of evangelism for That's your right. church. Uh, and so questions like, is your content in Google in a way that's search engine friendly, or you yes. throw in a 40 minute sermon on Google and thinking that on YouTube and thinking that you're done. And so the, the heart of this is if we think that it's evangelism, if that's the purpose of the message, then we're probably barking up the wrong tree. You may still be seeing some effects of it today. It's probably not as great as it was maybe even mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago. Uh, and, and to be honest, I would ask questions like those people, the salvations you are seeing, are you seeing them connect quickly to the church beyond, or are you seeing it drift away? Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you're seeing them connect and things are going healthy, you're a you're one of the exceptions to the rule, unfortunately, yes. majority are, are, are not. Uh, and so what role does it play? You know, I, I would get in more, and this is uh, another concept, but it's this idea of church's platform. Now, give me a little leniency here. Um, Airbnb, as an example, corporate uh, out there, right? Airbnb pre-COVID made more than the top five hotel chains combined, um, not because they were trying to create a better product, not because they had better concierge service or cleaning crews or yep. luxury hotels, they don't have anything. Airbnb succeeds not off of doing a service, providing a product. Airbnb succeeds by helping others do the product uh, by leasing out my guest room and turning it into whatever, my right. guest house or my, the in-laws quarters, whatever. It, but it comes down towards Airbnb provides resources that helps me do what I feel like I, ne I need to do. And this is where I think the church needs to pivot. It's not about, and listen, I'm the guy who's produced tens of thousands of church worship services in my life. 
Literally, I have launched a dozen multi-site campuses, done a ridiculous amount of live production. Um, but, but the heart of it is, is that if we really look at what's effective in making disciples, empowering our individuals to have those spiritual questions, we're going to be much more effective than that worship service or even that sermon. And wow. so the role needs to be, pastor, how do I get other people on mission? In the Rick Warren purpose-driven life, that's home plate, getting people on mission. Normally, in the Rick Warren purpose-driven church kind of baseball diamond approach, people crap out somewhere around second base. They don't make it to third. Nobody ever makes it to home. But home, getting people on mission is really the most important part because our buildings, our services that have taken us for decades here in, in North American church, they're losing influence. Yes. COVID was is just an accelerant. It was already declining. Totally. COVID just got us there quicker. And while we're grasping, trying to hold on to what could be or what was at one point, it's it's whittling away to the point of we're gonna have to pivot and do something different. Even without COVID, it was inevitable. And yeah. for us as a church, we we've got to acknowledge that the queen, you know, on the chessboard, that weekend service, the most powerful piece is no longer the most powerful piece. And even if I was a physical guy, I would still believe that. You know, I am yes. a digital. But the heart of it is because that physical service isn't producing the disciple makers that are necessary to sustain us on the road that we have ahead. So that's really good. So in summation, and this is, if this isn't for any of our listeners, this is for me, uh, just so I'm retaining this because guys, I like, and listeners, it's important for you to understand that Jeff and I are both working through this as well. In uh, me, particularly being a part of a local church, we, we are absolutely trying to figure this out. And so Jeff, your words are invaluable. Uh, so kind of in summation, the, the weekend physical gathering really needs to be focused on the equipping of the saints, the empowering, the encouragement that, hey, we're in this together. We can do this, but it's for the Christians. And, and there's other things that we need to be doing. And so utilizing that weekend service to empower the individuals to go do the evangelism and the discipleship that's happening in DMs, that's happening on, uh, you know, at, at their workspace is very similar to uh, what's happening in the Middle East. Um, so am I gathering that correctly from what you're yeah. saying that, that you really think that the weekend service, we need to double down on talking to the believers that are there, encouraging them, empowering them, equipping them to then go out into their weeks and do this digital, or well, I guess it could be digital, but also physical evangelism. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that evangelism, that multiplication, that sharing of faith with others who don't know Jesus, that's the most important thing we can do today. hundred percent. And so the, the more that we can structure our resources, you know, I've, I had a, one of my friends at Stadia told me, Jeff, we need to get out of the church service business. Our organizations need to stop pouring all this energy into creating these services. And instead, totally. we need to get back towards this place of a disciple making business. The reality is, is, is Aaron. Uh, and so you and I, we've got a mutual friend that's a digital pastor. And mm -hmm. uh, Easter 2020, he told me, Jeff, we had half a million people view our Easter service online. He was excited. He was celebratory. Sure. It was half a million people, 500,000. That's a lot of people. And so I said to this person, I said, great. How many connection cards did you get? How many people did you meet in chat? How many relationships right. were started out of those 500,000? The answer was 11. 
Yeah. Wow. And so like this idea of the church service to create disciple makers is, is flawed. It doesn't work. Now you may tell me, yeah, well, we're not that bad. Take weeks, months. Who have you met? Who have you discipled right. that's discipling somebody else over the past six months within 2021? And, and, and you'll discover that that service is really creating more content. And because of privacy laws, it's hard to discover who those people are. Totally. The best resource that your church has right now is sitting in the pews Sunday morning, maybe yes. 1.2 times a month or whatever the ratio is down to for your yes. church. And if we can activate them, if we can get them on mission to reach their physical and or digital circle of influence, pastor, you're staring the answer in your face every mm -hmm. Sunday. It's yes. those people. So how do we get them trained, discipled? There's solutions like Timothy Initiative. There's solutions like Disciples Made. Um, uh, there's so many different solutions that are out there that are yeah. already created, rooted, where they are yep. walk through evangelism training, disciple-making purposes, uh, yep. no place left for fields. And, and so as a result of Emotionally this, healthy Zuma, discipleship, Pete Zuma training, yeah. uh, Pete Cazero stuff, I just did... Um, not discipleship. I did one of them. Relationships. Uh, relationships. That's it. So um, good. You know, you kind of stabbed me in the back a couple of times. It's like, ooh, yeah. I, I didn't know I had that pain point, but it, there it is. It's right there. Yes. He was so good at that. Um, yes. But there are solutions that are out there that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's just bringing along uh, one of these solutions and experiment with it. Hey, let, let me grab 12 adults. Six of them staff, six of them high-level volunteer. Go through this. Tell me what you think. Totally. Um, and, and then church, pastor, our job is to encourage people, is to, you know, whatever it takes to hold them accountable without shoving their nose in it, but yes. encouraging them to have those conversations, not to grow the church, not to get that extra <laughs> building, but to create a disciple that's creating a movement of God in that space. Yeah, I think that that's it, Jeff. And that's and that's probably the, the most difficult part for us mindset shift wise is everything, even if it wasn't uh, happening on the weekend service, everything is drawn back to the weekend service for the sake of numbers. Um, and we found out and got a real stab in the back from the coronavirus uh, and the pandemic that that is no longer the metric. And again, I just do a plug for Pete Scazzaro, a uh, good friend, just fantastic guy, fantastic ministry. Uh, but he's recently come out with the new scorecard. And what he's been talking about on his podcast is this new scorecard for what pastors need to be focusing on. And it is not your attendance. It's not uh, how many people are going through your systems, any of that. It's, uh, well, for him, he talks about, are you becoming the person that God has called you to be? And then leading from that space and what happens there, uh, that is success. And then are we encouraging those around us to become who God has called us to be? And all of that is a lot smaller numbers than 500,000. And for us, uh, half a million, and for you and your context, maybe it's that 2000 marker, or maybe it's, we had a hundred people on our live stream this week. Uh, and if we can get out of that trap and get out of that, um, you know, those vanity metrics is what we call them on social media, but not punting on social media, just punting on all of those things that have tricked us into thinking this was successful. Um, cause it doesn't just happen with physical events of, yeah, we had this many people here. We had this many views, you know, it's the same, uh, metrics that we've taken physically, tried to apply them digitally, uh, and really doing the hard work of figuring out how does this, what does success look like in discipleship? 
Uh, and so maybe we end with this, Jeff. Where should people be thinking about, like, as the discipleship process happens, you know, should we be inviting them to church? Like what, where has that part of the process shifted? Let's, let's, let's assume that we're, we've encouraged pastors and they're going to start acting upon um, evangelism happening outside of their sermon. They're going to really just use their sermon to empower and encourage people to go out and do the evangelism. Once that starts happening, what is the call to action for those people that are in the pews that are evangelizing people? Are, are they bringing them back to church? What, what is that call? You know, it's, it, this is a hard answer right here. And, and, and I, I do, I do respect, I, I've been throwing, yeah. you know, some haymakers left and right in this, but yeah. he, here's, here's the reality is, is there anything, if I really have a disciple maker, is it more meaningful for my friend to hear about Jesus from some stranger standing behind a pulpit on an elevated stage? Mm. Or is it more meaningful for my friend to hear about Jesus from me? And so where they are in, in the relationship with Jesus, where are these people that you're sharing faith with, how God, how the Holy Spirit is going to use that? I, I don't want to, to downplay that. But what I do want to say is if that we are outsourcing, if we continue to outsource evangelism and connecting people to Jesus to a professional man who's standing on stage behind yes. a pulpit, we're missing the point. And by the way, church, we're missing the point as well. It's not one man exuding his spiritual gift or woman, excuse me, no, no judgment. Yeah, it's not sure. one person exuding their spiritual gift in front of thousands from a podium, but it's thousands exuding their spiritual giftings and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit and evangelizing their circle of tens, 25s, 50s, or 100s. Oh my gosh, the reach of this is phenomenal. Yes. If we if we stop utilizing the building as a crutch, yeah. and, and that's really the heart of this. Can God use the building? Of course, God can do that. Can God use you in a more impactful way to reach only the people that you can reach? Certainly. And if that's the takeaway for this, hopefully it is, is that there are people in your life, there are people within your social media influence that you know today, that you used to know, or maybe you've never met. Yep. But God has an opportunity for you to utilize that social media tool to make a difference in someone's life, to even disciple them in that space. And yes. if anybody, if any pastor tells you that can't be done, tell them they're wrong and prove them wrong yes. by doing it. Yeah. And, and the Middle East has already done it. You're doing it. Yeah. A by the way, there. <laughs> I, you know, I can, I can get you connected with that guy. You, that guy, he wouldn't turn on his Zoom camera for 30 minutes. Wow. It was 30 minutes into the conversation because he didn't trust me that I was going to, yeah. cause I, it was going to kill him. I mean, that's totally. the, that's the tension of this. And, yes. and that guy's making disciple makers digitally. Why can't we, why totally. shouldn't we totally. follow suit, see where God's moving and join him in his work. Offline, Jeff, I'm going to get that name from you. Uh, I made a note here during our podcast. Uh, we'll see if we can get him uh, on the podcast. That's a conversation for another time. Jeff, so thankful for you here. Uh, and I do feel like we can pat ourselves on the back and, you know, um, a lot of us are in a similar boat where, you know, our lead pastor isn't as committed to digital church as we want. And, and we kind of have this community here. Um, 
or or maybe it is really positive. And I think it's really important that we don't just get into conversations like this or you as a listener listen to conversations like this of, yeah, I'm doing a great job or yeah, we're chasing this. You know, it's important that we continue to check ourselves and continue to hear these hard truths, especially as this digital world continues over and over again to uh upset the apple cart and, and show new ways of doing things. And so, uh, Jeff, I'm really appreciative for the, the hard words that you said, um, particularly to the lead teaching pastors and those leading churches, and, and which is all of us. We all have an opportunity to adjust our ministry digitally and reach out to those people who are in our social circles to start discipling them not necessarily filling our church buildings or even our digital church buildings on the weekend. Really appreciate those words, Jeff. I hope that uh, everyone listening feels encouraged. I certainly know that the heartbeat from Jeff and from myself in this conversation is to encourage you to think about this differently because you can stay on this path, but it, it, it was dying before 2020 and it's still dying, maybe at more of an accelerated rate. And it's just important that we're aware of how God is moving um, and how he's always been moving, frankly, uh, in this space of digital, uh, that we have a really great opportunity. And we want to encourage you as a leader to take this space and take this ground for the sake of those who are lost to be found and to come in Christ. Jeff, if someone wants to connect with you, uh, what is the best way for them to do that? And I'm also curious, what's your favorite social media platform at the moment? Uh, it's a mix between Twitter and LinkedIn. I, okay. you know, I like meeting new people on LinkedIn, uh, just yes. business entrepreneur like world. Yep. Um, I connect with people really well on LinkedIn, Twitter. I've got a circle of maybe 25 friends that yes. I just love. And, um, Same. and so we're, we're constantly ripping ourselves on, on Twitter. Facebook yes. has become like the, the, I'm able to connect with churches through Facebook. And so I don't want to sure. downplay that Instagram, yep. you know, since we've been on lockdown, I don't leave my house as much. And so my Instagram, because I'm just, I'm, I'm not traveling to nice locales like I used to. Instagram's yeah. probably the one that's hurting the most, but um, sure. Hey, people can find me. Uh, I'm dear on every social media network. Uh, Jeff Reed backwards. Uh, nice. and then, um, I, I founded pre COVID. I founded an organization called, um, the church digital, where basically okay. we do blogs, podcasts on digital. Dis I'm actually right. When I hang up with you, I'm jumping on a podcast talking about digital disciple making and how yes. machine learning and artificial intelligence can reinforce yes. that. And so Absolutely. I'm, I'm like, dude, I, I, these are two words that I don't use on a regular basis. Machine, actually that's four words, sorry, machine dude. learning and artificial intelligence. So looking forward to that conversation, but all that and more is over at the church digital. And if somebody, if a church is out there, it's like, Hey, you know, Jeff, you've really challenged us. We're wanting to hear more. Um, we have Fidgetal through Stadia. We have Fidgetal learning communities. We've helped hundreds of churches in this COVID season figure out everything I just talked yes. about, digital disciple-making multiplication. Yep. It's stadiachurchplanting.org slash Fidgetal, P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L, yes. stadiachurchplanting.org slash Fidgetal. Uh, we literally own the trademark on Fidgetal. It, I don't know. It's kind of cool. We can That's define awesome. the word to be whatever we want it to be, but but really it's it's at the heart of this is disciple making and multiplication. So we'd love to help y'all, uh, any church out there, figure this out. That's fantastic, Jeff. And anything that Jeff didn't mention because he does a lot, everything that he just mentioned and probably a little bit extra is in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you go and check that out. Jeff is fantastic at connecting at him on Twitter. Uh, you can also at me on Twitter. We actually just. Uh, 
Jeff, I just connected. Somebody was trying to connect with you at a conference uh, and I celebrated them for doing it. It was like, oh, I'm trying to, uh, Aaron, we've never connected. And so then we hopped on a Zoom call uh, this past week. One of our listeners, Twitter is a great space uh, to have these conversations. I know a lot of people think that it's dead, but these authentic conversations like water cooler, just the access uh, that Twitter has always given to people uh, is great. So make sure you reach out to us on there and on a more professional level, uh, Jeff also likes LinkedIn. So connect with him on there. He will get back to you. Uh, Jeff, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I had a meeting with 15 um, digital church pastors, mega giga multi. These are giant churches. Um, eight of them looked at me and said, Jeff, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> and so if you're out there and you're like, yes. I want to abandon digital because I don't know what I'm doing, uh, join the club. It's okay. Yeah. You're right where you need to be. The fact that you're humble enough to recognize yes. you don't know what you're doing means that you're the right person for the job in the right spot. And experiment, try something, kick the tires on it, learn from that, and then fail it as soon as possible and try it again. Um, so don't don't feel like you need to know the answers of, of today. Um, you know, God will get you there. Pray through it. Uh, version one's better than version none. Just yes. get started and learn from the experience. That's so good, Jeff. I'm glad you said that. I try to say that as often as possible as well. Uh, there's people that have been doing this forever with all the resources in the world that are saying that exact thing. I don't know what we're doing. This world has brought me to a new spot that I don't know how to engage with, which is why one of the reasons why, uh, well, let me say this. If you want to connect with Jeff show notes, if you missed Jeff's message, or you want to watch it again from the social media church conference, you have an opportunity to sign up for what we're calling social media church partners. And the reason we've language it partners is for all of the reasons that Jeff just said, there's a lot of people, most of us. And if, uh, someone does claim to know what they're doing, connect them to me or they're lying. Um, they're, they're not being honest with themselves. Social media church partners is a place and a community where we are figuring this out together because all of us are learning new things all the time and we're all trying different things. It's also where you're going to be able to access Jeff's as well as every other speaker's uh, content from our conference. You can go to socialmedia.church slash partners and sign up there. This is going to be a great community. Also, uh, probably down the road, we're going to be inviting voices like Jeff uh, to come in and contribute to that community. We're really excited about it. So make sure you go sign up. Also, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, that is a great way to help these conversations that are so important for church leaders to have to find our content so that they're able to start engaging and thinking about digital church and all the conversations around social media differently. Leave a review. That also helps as well. And we will connect with you on the next show. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Social Media Church Podcast, and my name is Aaron Magnuson. Thanks, everybody.